People of the sea, we don't lie to each other, right? Do we? We don't lie to each other. Why would we lie? There's no point in it. Got to be real. You guys all know we're trying to do our best out here. We're trying to do what we can. We're bringing you the best possible version of this show every single week. Having said all that, this show that you're about to hear pretty much sucks. I'm not going to lie to you. It's not my best work. I still want to get out. Maybe we'll do that in a separate podcast this week and tell you what's been going on and why I've been so kind of backed up and distracted and this and that. It's been mostly work-related, and uh, I was toying with the idea of just maybe kind of skipping this week and doing what I got to do and catching up with the stuff I'm trying to catch up with and do the mental inventory and make a final decision on certain things. But people of the sea, I'm not here to skip weeks. I'm not here to leave you out there. But I am also going to say that this, if you're going to skip an episode, this might be the one you want to skip. Again, we're not going to lie to each other. I am going to hope you do listen to it. And maybe some of you, who knows? Isn't that the way it works sometimes? The things that you think suck that you do, other people end up liking, whether it's music or comedy or whatever. It's weird. You never know. But I am putting this out there. I was not going to. I was going to. But I'm not going to leave you stranded this week, people of the sea. And here is an episode this week. And again, cut me some slack. Probably I'm thinking maybe, uh, maybe Monday. Maybe Monday I'll put out a show and I'll label it as such. This is not about cruising. It's about just an update in the wacky life of your one of your, I shouldn't say your favorite, because I should not be your favorite. There are others out there that are better. Uh, one of your favorite cruise podcast hosts, Tommy Casamona. So without further ado, we will start this shitty show. Listening to the Always Be Booked Caribbean Cruise and Orlando Vacation Cruise Cast with your host, Tommy Casabona. All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast show coming to you not quite live from Orlando, Florida. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to find, download, and listen to the show as we cover anything and everything relating to cruising. We are back a couple of days late as usual. I want to remind you at the top, if you do not mind, please. Most importantly, all right, we're going to switch up the importance here. Most importantly, what we want to do is get this group going, the Facebook group. It's called the Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge. And if you don't mind, please request to join. It is a members-only group. It's very exclusive, except for the fact that you are all invited. So just uh, send a request to join that group, and we will let you in. Already starting with some cool little discussions, but uh, pushing up on 100 members and uh, hopefully to go beyond that soon. And uh, that's it. Just join, just join the group, will you? That's it. Also, email me at Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. We want this to be interactive. Excuse me. Sorry about that. That was interactive. Uh, we want you to do, uh, you know, we want you to send me, I want you to send me emails. I want to know what, what's on your mind regarding cruising. Where are you going? Do you have any questions about where you're going? Do you have any suggestions for other members? Uh, if you have any corrections that you heard, I sound like an idiot and said something stupid, definitely let me know. I want to hear those as well. And as always, please, Instagram and iTunes, just subscribe and share on iTunes. Uh, if you want to go on Instagram, 
and finding some memes and some pretty cruise pictures and some attempts at humor that I sometimes make as well through the memes as well. Uh, Tommy, uh, no, I'm not. I'm sorry. That is uh, always be booked on Instagram, and uh, that's pretty much it. All right, let's get into some cruise news. First stop, St. Martin. We spoke last week about the unfortunate death of a woman who was taking part in the age-old tradition of there when you hang on to the fence for dear life as the planes take off uh, right outside the airport beach or Maho Beach. The idea is to get a feel of the jet blast. So, I mean, it can give off hurricane-forced winds at some points. Uh, they say Category 1 or 2. Uh I'm not going to sit here and judge the thrill seeker who wants to take part in that sort of thing, but it is a little dangerous because there is a fairly busy road that is right behind the fence there. Uh, It's just pretty much separating the airport from the beach. Uh, Make it even more dangerous are the large concrete dividers. There's these big giant dividers that you've probably seen when construction's going on in the road that separate the beach from the road. This is actually the cause of death in this particular incident. Since the woman lost her grip, uh, she was blown back and she hit her head very violently on the divider. Without question and without hesitation, thoughts and prayers go out to her friends, go out to her family. And uh, apparently St. Martin is taking some action. They will be moving the fence further away from the beach. And they're going to reroute the entrance uh, to the beach area so that less foot traffic uh, even travels by the dangerous area. We spoke last week about a couple of things, Um, you know, things that are like perceived to be dangerous, whether it's worldwide or whether it's domestically, whatever it is, they tend to get a little corporatized and certain freedoms, you may want to use that word, freedoms get taken away because of a few unfortunate incidents. Now, I don't know what to really say about this because you really can look at it both ways. There's always that line between fun and danger and you want to say people should be able to live on the edge and getting that rush is when they want to. It's part of a, uh, a living a full life to some people. Some people just, you know, if, if you just walk around straight and narrow all day, you know, a life without some sort of risk is not a life fully lived. You'll hear from a lot of people, obviously more on the thrill seeker side. However, on the other hand, how can you be against rules that make people safer? I think there's an assumed risk when you do this type of thing, and those that do partake should be made aware. If they still want to go forward, when an unfortunate result happens, I think you kind of have to chalk it up to you knowing that this was always a possibility. And I don't ever want to trivialize the death. I'm just trying to be as real as possible here and just say, is it something that we should look at it where, okay, well, this rule is put in place, and you know what? Everybody's safer for it. Or should it be like, you know what? There's a some there's there's in some ways a proceed with caution, enter at your own risk, participate in your own risk type of mentality that really should be left alone. I got a personal example uh, on a way. Let's just get this. Let me be clear. A way less magnitude to this situation. Nobody died or anything like this. Uh, I, I operate a business that involves eating. It involves drinking, dancing, and. Uniquely enough, a mechanical bull, mechanical bull riding. Uh, To ride the bull, you have to fill out a waiver, and that releases us of any liability whatsoever. Uh, The first thing the waiver says is very, very clearly is mechanical bull riding is dangerous and can cause serious injury or death. Now, out of the several thousands of rides a year that we do, a few people do get 
injured. And a few of those people end up trying to sue us. Now, remember, out of all the cases that we deal with, you know, over the years, the people trying to, it usually doesn't go anywhere. But I remember one mediator telling the injured party who was trying to sue us, she, she broke it down perfectly for them the way I looked at it. She was like, listen, and she looked at her dead in the eyes. It wasn't like this corporate legal BS that, you know, type of speak that they usually give. She just looked her dead in the eye and goes, listen, I'm 60 years old. You know how many mechanical bulls I've ridden? And then she started yelling. None. Zero. Zilch. Why? Because it seems a little dangerous. And I really just told myself that I think I could still somehow manage to live in full and complete life not having ever ridden a mechanical bull. You felt you needed that in your life. And you knew it could be dangerous. And you signed a waiver understanding that you were doing this at your own risk. And you want money for it? I mean... It's just an example of, you know, shit happens. It's it's sad and awful, and that is nothing that the family wants to hear right now, and I really probably shouldn't put it like that. But, again, you walk over there, the signs are everywhere. You know it's dangerous. You know what you're physical. And that's the other thing, too. you also got to know what you're physically capable of. I think she was about a 59-year-old woman. I don't know. That's a little older. She might have been in great shape, thus rendering the age situation, you know, meaningless or whatever. But again, I don't know. Now, St. Martin is going to go through all sorts of construction. They're going to reroute highways. They're going to reroute entrances to the beach. They're going to move fences and this and that. Is that all necessary? Because, you know, one person... And God, God rest her soul, made a mistake. She made a mistake and in, in whether she didn't hold on to the fence properly, whether she was in over her head to be doing this in the first place. Do we have to change age-old, decades, decades-long traditions because of this? I don't know. Just just raising it out there. I honestly really don't know how I feel about it in, in either direction because, again— why? Why should you say no to rerouting things, moving the fences, possibly putting more of a presence there to keep people from being able to do this type of thing? I don't know. There's a certain charm to certain things, and I mentioned one you know, about Coney Island last week, if you heard. And there's a certain charm to be able to do things that are outside the lines of what is, I guess, the straight and narrow. And certain places, and they're dwindling by... You know, they're dwindling by by the dozen every single year. And each year, you're just finding more people telling you where you can go, where you can't go, where you have to walk, where you can't, what rules you have to follow. You know, I don't know. You could see it both ways. But at the same time, you know, what what could be bad in wanting to keep people safer? I love Maho Beach. I love seeing the planes fly right over your head. But... I could obviously live a full life without taking part of that whole fence holding onto ceremony. And if I did it, I know it would be at my own risk. If I did get seriously hurt or worse, I, you know, I would not expect several decades of tradition or custom or anything like that to change because of it. I don't know. That's just me. That's my opinion. Again, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. I would love to hear your opinion on this. All right, moving on to some lighter topics. If you've cruised Norwegian in the past, you likely may have spotted a celebrity on board. That's right. You would regularly see SpongeBob and SquarePants all over the place schmoozing with their adoring fans. A year or two ago, Norwegian's relationship with Nickelodeon ended 
and good old Bob seems to have been landlocked since then. Well, apparently he's dusting off the old passport and he's heading back to sea. As P&O Australia picked up the free agent and signed Nickelodeon to a multi-year deal. I don't know, SpongeBob. Simply uh, going to the highest bidder, is that really your style? Was there a press conference? Did you announce that you was you were taking your talents down under, like when LeBron James did uh, when he aired an entire TV show just to tell people he was going to the Miami Heat? It's like that, can you hear me now, asshole? You, you know what I'm talking about? You remember this guy for uh, Verizon? Uh, he'd walk around on his cell phone in that commercial, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Then Sprint comes along five years later. They give him a bunch of money, and he joins their team. First of all, Really, like anyone gives a crap about this guy? Was this Can You Hear Me Now commercial guy that much of a celebrity now that Sprint had to uh, run in and sweep up this again like Sp- like like he's like SpongeBob or something? They set up this uh, TV commercial campaign where he was some celebrity and we get recognized on the street by, <laughs> by all these people five years after the commercial. Uh, hey, hey there, uh, you're the Can You Hear Me Now guy. And then he's all swagged out like he's uh, Joe Pesci and Goodfellas. He's like, yeah, maybe you've been away a little while. Maybe you didn't hear. They didn't tell you up there. I'm with Sprint now. <laughs> what a joke. Anyway, SpongeBob also went to the highest bidder. Him and his friends from Nickelodeon and Nick Jr. Nick Jr. What is Nick Jr., by the way? I don't I don't get it. I know I'm out of touch with this sort of thing, but... uh. Is there already a Nick Jr. to the Nick? Isn't Nickelodeon already a Nick Jr.? Or are they doing some uh, Ice Road Trucker and War documentaries now on the on the uh, on the Nickelodeon standard? I have no idea. Either way, Australia, you have been warned. SpongeBob is headed your way. All right, now this is cool. People always ask me, when am I going to try an Alaska cruise? Or when are you going to try the Mediterranean? Or when will you try a celebrity or princess cruise? Something out of just Caribbean big three. I know. Boring. I get it. But I'll tell you right now, the first thing I'm going to do, if I ever step out of my cruise comfort zone, first thing I will do is book an MSC cruise. MSC Cruises has recently partnered with the producers from the show MasterChef. Starting late in the summer of 2017, which is pretty much now, right? The popular TV show will provide a mirrored version of its production by pitting a few selected passengers against each other in a culinary battle in front of an audience at sea. They will use their cooking skills to try to impress the crowd and the judge, who just happens to be the executive chef of the ship. Uh, I got to tell you, I got to give the uh, the chef some credit here in that who knows what the hell he's going to have to eat. Uh, remember, these are amateurs who are at sea and, I mean, likely, maybe, who knows, could be drunk, using knives, cooking things that may or may not be edible. What happens if the protein is not cooked to temperature and we lose the chef for a few hours? What am I going to eat? <laughs> I don't know. But this seems fun as hell, and I would absolutely love to take part in one of these battles. I got a few skills in me when it, recomes, when it comes to the kitchen. From what I hear, at least, I'm not Gordon Ramsay or anything, but... I could do my thing in the kitchen a little bit, which, uh, what do you guys want? My specialty, what is my specialty, I would say, if I had to cook a meal? I used to do this thing, I saw in a, a cookbook, and I made some variations on it called Pizza Pot Pie, where it's like a combination of a pizza, baked ziti, and a lasagna. Ugh, I got the diet going, guys. The uh, stomach is growling right now just thinking about it, but uh, yeah. Master Chef at Sea on MSC Cruises. And that's just one of the other that's just one of the thirty-five reasons that I kinda wanna uh you know 
I guess just kind of satisfy that curiosity that I have of sailing on an MSC cruise ship, either whether it's the seaside, which is, uh, you know, the stateside, um, or, you know, venturing out into the Meraviglia, which is honestly, I'm going to say right now, just by looks and appearance, Avatar just kind of doing virtual tours and seeing what I see on it. That is absolutely my favorite ship as far as looks, as far as what it has to offer, and just the amenities on that ship. The the MSC Meraviglia is 100% the cruise ship that I want to be on. I'm hoping it comes this way one day. If not, I may actually have to go to it. All right, so let's move on. The 2017 and 2018 Cruise Industry News Report just came out, and it announced the world's busiest cruise ports. Uh, if that's any interest to you, I will read off the heavy hitters right now. The number. Let's just start with the. Let's start with number ten. Let's go backwards. Uh, number ten. Busiest cruise port in the world is the Balearic Islands. That's just off Spain. You may remember that from a story a few weeks ago where uh, Royal Caribbean. Had to pay some money, got in a little trouble for, uh, you know, had to say sorry for party rocking. Uh, <laughs> that party that went on their ship till 8 in the morning off the coast of Spain. Uh, also, the Canary Islands off the coast of Africa is number 9. So, number 9. Number 8, which I thought would be a little bit higher only because of the eye test. Every time I go to this place, it seems to have a full house. And that's Nassau. I know we talk about Nassau. People think it's not the most popular port, but it does seem to be a very, very busy port. Uh, number seven. Now, I don't know how to hell to say this one. I'm going to take a shot at it. Number seven is in Italy near Rome, and it is called Civitavicia. How would I do? Civitavicia. That sounds maybe like I might have nailed that, no? Let me know. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. The largest port in Italy right near Rome, Civitavicia. I'm going to go with that. Sounds right. Uh, bitch to write down and look at on a piece of paper, though. All right, number six, Barcelona. That's a bucket list one. I would love to go to Barcelona. Really seems like a cool place to be. Number five, uh, the emerging China market, the port of Shanghai, is the fifth largest cruise port in the world. Number four is Cozumel. Cozumel, Mexico. I don't know if they count both ports. Do they count? When they say Cozumel, do they think they mean just the one, the north port or the east port or the west port? I don't know the directions, but there's two ports, one that Carnival goes in and one that uh, seems like everybody else goes in, Norwegian, Royal, wherever. Uh, all right, number three. Now we're, just, now we're home. Number three is Port Canaveral in, in around the Orlando area. Number two is Port Everglades, which is directly in the heart of Fort Lauderdale, a.k.a. Fort Liquordale, a.k.a. Fort Slaughterdale. Uh, and a shout-out to Beatrix. Beatrix, how's it going down there in Fort Lauderdale? See you Sunday, buddy. Uh, and number one. Is the Port of Miami. Port of Miami, that's always got a full house. It's lined, they're lined up like soldiers at, in the Port of Miami. These cruise ships are there all day, every day, coming and going. Just a uh, pleasure to sit and watch. Again, Port of Miami. We'll do a port profile on Miami soon. Maybe we'll combo Fort Lauderdale in there too. But if you're ever in Miami and you're at the cruise ships, you go to this place called uh, Point Bay Park, if I'm not mistaken, that's the name of it. But it is the park that is the very, very beginning of South Beach. It is 
uh, it's got a Point Pier Park, I think is what it is. It's got a long pier. It's got some jetties. It's got a lot of green grass and stuff like that. It's linked near a lot of the high-end posh, either hotels or condos. You can't even tell what they are. But uh, you find a nice spot over there, and you could just watch for three hours worth of cruise ships just waving, just going by you, checking them out in all their majesty each and every day in the port of Miami. So I recommend checking that out. You know, and I, you know, that's a top 10 list, but I wanted to mention number 11. Number 11, just missing the top 10 list, uh, is St. Thomas. Its significance is because that is, you know, it's my favorite place to be. And I'm really, really surprised off of this list that New York City didn't make it just out of sheer mass or volume. Uh, New York City is not anywhere to be found on that list. I don't even think it's as high as 20. I'll go back and look. I'll check it out. But I didn't see New York anywhere on that list. Speaking of New York City, there is a third-party operator out there called Ports of America. Did you guys know this stuff even existed? So the, there's a, it's a port operator. They go to your city or your town. If you're not familiar, they're contracted out by cities to, in essence, operate their entire ports. They advise and act on things like operations, infrastructure, logistics, and all the ports they're hired to do so in. Uh, the city of New York recently contracted the Port of America, Ports of America to take over both their Manhattan and their Brooklyn ports through the year 2029. There is said to be plans to spend about $40 million, just under $40 million on improving both the locations by extending their piers in Brooklyn to about two, uh, ex- extending their piers in Brooklyn by about 200 feet and uh, birth rehabilitations for both locations as well. This is actually huge for Brooklyn because it will now be able to accommodate some megaships, something the Manhattan Terminal, well, it depends on what you consider a megaship because the uh, Quantum class is there, and that's fine, but... Uh, a lot of the real mega ships like Oasis class size ships and some of the up and coming ships that are coming, they can't dock in the Manhattan port because of the Verrazano Bridge. Since both ports will operate under one operating company, the price for the port charges should be consistent instead of the whole fluctuation thing that's been going on for a while. And construction is set to begin in 2018. And that's pretty much it for the cruise news this week, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get into the main topic for the show. All right, so this one might be a little bit unexpected. You know, we talk about cruising, you know, week in, week out, and how much we love it and what we want to, you know, what our cruise goals are, what we want to do on our next cruise, and they're all well and good. And we talked about how, as cruisers, are we typically the most cultural and adventure-seeking fanatics out there? Typically not. You know, there's a lot of stereotypes that we've talked about with cruising. And listen, I'm not going to ignore them. They're out there. I don't agree with them, but they're there. But what has been happening lately is cruising has become so popular. People are, new ships are being built, more capacity for more people. Prices are, you know, I wouldn't say the price for cruises don't go up. The pricing for cruising doesn't go up, but they're very, very shrewd in what they do. The prices do go up as far as how much you spend because of all the perks and bells and whistles that you could end up doing while you're on a typical cruise, especially on the newer ships. Yeah, your cruise prices may go up just a little bit just because the cruise ship is more fancy, but then you go, okay, well, that's worth it. It's a much fancier ship. I'll take that itinerary and run with it. But then, okay, well, you could have a grilled cheese sandwich 
for food all day, or you can pay $35 for this cover charge or $20 for this cover charge. That's an issue I think that they're going to, I'm getting off topic here. I don't even know why I'm getting into this a little bit, but that's one thing I think the industry needs to really take a look at and the bubble will eventually pop change is good people like change people like improvements but again where is that line that the corporations are going to draw to say okay because i think what the what the mentality is becoming is that you can go on a cruise because my thing is what add whatever you want on these cruise ships you know people are saying you know i just liked it when cruising was simple well then have a simple cruise you know the all these things are made available to you and they're expensive expensive somebody has to pay for them but if you don't want to take part just don't pay for them or you know what i'm saying like the stay on a smaller ship or whatever but and that always did make sense to me but until i see on an experience some of these mega ships what i'm finding is that i feel like you're being almost kind of like i don't know you're you're being kind of like forced to do these upgrades because I think in a lot of ways the quality on some of the free stuff is going down. So I would, if any of the cruise lines are listening to me, which they're not, do all your upgrades, charge all you want for your upgrades, but don't make the cruise experience for someone who doesn't want to spend an arm and a leg that different. I don't know if you guys echo that sentiment or not. Again, I could care less. I'll probably take part in the upgrades. I'll probably pay for the $40 steak dinner. I'll probably pay $60 to freaking, you know, let them blow me up on a on a skydiving, you know, apparatus or whatever it is. But for those people who don't want to spend extra money, who want to keep cruising simple, don't pull off from the portions of the, you know, and don't make up BS reasons either. Oh, well, those portions are smaller because in this health conscious world, and now we're cruising, we want our food and we want it to be good. If you want to do a high end steakhouse, do that and charge for it. But that doesn't mean that you should rip from the portions and pull the, you know, pull the all you can eat lobster night and stuff like that from and and like. You know, some of the cruise lines that just really, you know, I'll, I'll say it, Norwegian and I'll throw them all in there. Norwegian Carnival and Carnival more with the portioning. I'll say Carnival as far as with the quality of food in the main dining room. I think it's still there, but you really do have to order a bunch of plates to, <laughs> to get full. Uh, Norwegian, I think that's notorious for Norwegian. Norwegian is the is the is the ultimate committer of this foul by putting out all those specialty restaurants, and it makes sense, right? Because they were with the freestyle cruising, the founder of the you know just hit you in the face with a bunch of specialty restaurants. They absolutely do make a low quality main dining room to me to try to drive you towards those specialty restaurants that you have to pay for, and I think. Recently, Royal Caribbean is a late offender of this. They're starting to do the same thing. I think there's some portion. Like, it's not an issue with portions. You can still stuff up in a main dining room on a Royal Caribbean ship, but a lot of the quality is going down. So I'm saying that to you to say this. This is just kind of like a, 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 a commentary on the market and what people who don't typically cruise have to say about the market is, you know what, cruising is just for people who don't want to do a lot at sea. Now, what's happening now is you're seeing that there's a lot of other alternative ways to cruising that people who would have otherwise not cruised, and make no mistake, it's created because of all the attention that cruising has gotten. You see ads for cruising on TV now. You see ads for cruising in magazines that you wouldn't normally see. Maybe podcasts like this didn't exist, you know what I mean, uh, 10, 15 years ago. 
and now you're seeing podcasts and just different media content out there focusing on cruising. What is that doing? Having these people that otherwise wouldn't have looked at cruising, now they're looking into cruising. And what does that do? That creates alternative cruising like river cruising, like theme cruises, like uh, you know special charters or whatever it is. And what is called expedition cruising. I don't know if you guys are familiar with expedition cruising. I've recently learned about it, but I found it to be a very, very interesting option when it comes to cruising. Is it something I'm ready to do today? No. But am I like something? Oh, I tell you what. I'll tell. I'll tell you this. River cruising to me doesn't really appeal to me. I don't think I would have. I do respect it. I respect the people that do do it. Uh, all the people that swear by it and the reasons they do swear by it all make sense to me. But I don't think I'd ever really get into getting on a ship with a you know couple of hundred people along a river. There's no waves. There's no like you know energy. There's no dance parties. There's no difference. In, like dinner's the same place. And honestly the crowd i'm not right we're all gonna be old one day honestly i'm not young i'm in my early 40s but i'm not necessarily ready to kind of settle into just you know and i also do know it's about the excursions too but one thing that did interest me when i actually had you know a little bit of exposure to it just through you know doing some research was this thing called expedition cruising this is the type of cruise where you'll be in a smaller ship and the idea for let's Put it in quotes, a vacation like this is not necessarily to relax or shut down like most of what, you know, we, most of the reason why we cruise. On this type of cruise, you're getting involved with, well, exactly what it says, and that's an expedition. You'd be preparing to get active. You'd be preparing to go on an adventure, and you'd have a thrill seeking experience that's pretty much unlike anything you've ever had on a mainstream cruise. The way we have defined cruising makes this sort of an oxymoron in a way, doesn't it? Uh, when you think cruises, you think pool decks, you think reggae music, you think relaxation and rest. On an expedition cruise, this is not the case. And what I mean is that the people you would expect to use their precious time off from work on these adventures and endeavors would typically not even consider a cruise vacation as an option, right? But the truth is, with the with the advent of these expedition cruises, is that thousands of people are doing this a little bit more each and every year. Um, just an example of some of the places you would go if you were going to take an expedition cruise. One would be Alaska. While, yes, the mainstream cruise market does do this as well, when you take an expedition cruise to Alaska, it's a whole different ballgame. Since it's a very popular cruise destination in general, Alaska is looked at as sort of the place you want to go as a beginner to the whole X-Crew genre. And yes, I just made that up. Just let's mark that down, X-Crew. I just made that up as an abbreviated moniker and how to, you know, shorten up Expedition Cruise. <laughs> and uh, you can feel free to use it. Anyway, there are tons of places in Alaska that Expedition Cruise ships can get to that standard size cruise ships are not able to go uh, and have no shot of ever getting anywhere close to. Uh Many expedition cruises also go to the Amazon. In most cases, you would fly into Lima, Peru, and then you'll have to take a connector flight to the city of I don't even know how to say this, guys. I'm sorry. I don't mean to keep stopping for pronunciations, but um, 
Equitos, it looks like. You have to take either a plane or a boat to this place since there are no roads that you can access it by. Uh, it's basically locked inside within just miles of jungle. There you would embark and you would start your journey and have one hell of an up-close interaction with the locals, the nature, the wildlife that you most certainly would never be able to get on a regular cruise, and that's in the Amazon. Most of the time you'll be on a smaller boat along the Amazon River, so don't plan for much time on land. What I mean when I say that is that you're navigating through a lot of jungle, you're navigating through a lot of uh, swamp land and this and that, and you're not going to be able to walk along it. You're going to be pretty much in like an airboat or a small vessel that's just going to be able to take you across and give you an idea of what you're looking at and what you're seeing. Um, we talk on the show all the time about us as cruise fans trying to enjoy culture, but not necessarily being obsessed with it. Based on the fact that our favorite type of vacation is a cruise ship that takes you to three or four places for a few hours, then it's back on the ship for karaoke and a hairy chest competition. Uh, But for those interested in diving deeper into a culture, into adventure, into the more exotic size of cruise travel, it really, really might be beneficial for you to know that these types of cruises, these expedition cruises are out there. They do exist. And, you know, other places that they go to, I don't want to spend a ton of time on what you're going to do in each of these places, but you have Antarctica, you have the Arctic Circle, you have British Columbia in the Pacific Northwest, you have Central America, and more specifically Costa Rica and Panama are a lot, are a lot of the regions where the expedition cruises grow in that uh, go grow go in that area. Uh, the Galapagos, how do you say it? Galapagos, Galapagos Islands in South America is a popular destination of the expedition cruises, and the Sea of Cortez is as well, and a lot of the islands of the South. Pacific. Uh, moving on, a unique thing that you will experience on an expedition cruise uh, is that you will use a lot of Zodiac boats instead of docking or traditional tender ships. That means you'll hop right off the ship onto the back, off the back of the cruise ship onto an inflatable vessel that you'll take right up to shore. There you will hop off while still in the water, and this is known as a wet landing. See, I would be a little concerned with the amount of training and instruction you're going to have to go through uh, to, to actually do something like this. Not that you'll need it, but just for legality purposes, they'll force you to do it. I can barely stand a mustard drill, and now you're going to explain to me how to jump ship into an inner tube and execute a wet landing. Uh, that's probably <laughs> going to take half a day. So that would be a little concern that I have as far as taking on you know all the things that are surround an expedition cruise, but wouldn't necessarily stop me from doing it. Also, let me say this very clearly. Uh, missing the ship because you got bombed at Jack Shack on Grand Turk and you thought you were at Margaritaville and you misjudged the extra walk time you might have along the beach is one thing. Missing the ship in the Arctic Circle is a different story. Do not miss the ship on an expedition cruise. I mean, imagine you're getting left in the South Pacific. Uh, You probably meet some nice people down there. You might make the adjustment to tribal life very smoothly, and it might not be that bad for you. Who knows? Me, myself? No, that's not going to happen. I'm just saying. The point is do not miss Uh, the ship when you're supposed to be back on the ship on an expedition cruise expedition cruises are almost like a week-long group of shore excursions wrapped together rather than just any onboard ship experience the uh let's get the quotes out again the entertainment on the ship uh is mostly lectures exercises that are geared towards enriching your experience when you get on land as well as how to assimilate to any culture you might encounter most importantly as always safety 
And when I say, when I put things in quotations like vacation and entertainment and saying quote unquote, I'm not really being sarcastic. I, I, I want you to know that I'm just saying that many people who typically cruise wouldn't listen to a 90 minute talk about the 900 different species of insects that you will identify along the Amazon River as entertainment. That's just the way it is. I might or might not. I don't know. It depend on how it would depend on how interesting the lecturer was. If it was presented to me in an exciting way, and I was going to be able to put that information that I got in the lecture into kind of real time experience when I once I got out there, I probably would enjoy it. Uh, a lot of people do. Some of the cruise lines that specialize in expedition cruising are Australia SA, Eco Tour Expeditions, G Adventures, Green Tracks, Inca which stands for International Nature and Cultural Adventures, uh, International Expeditions, Klein Tours of Ecuador, Lindblad Expeditions, Metropolitan Touring, and Quark Expeditions. So one of the websites that can give you uh, some of the websites uh, that are one-stop that can give you more information on expedition cruising are uh, travelandleisure.com. You, in that regard, you just got to go to cruising and then go to expedition cruising. You know, got to hit a couple of subtitles on that one. But travelandleisure.com is a great site. Has well, travel in general, but you'll find a ton of information on expedition cruising. Uh, expeditions.com, uh, expeditioncruising.com, and of course, you have the old reliable. The Cruise Critic website. If you go on Cruise Critic, you'll find a ton of information on expedition cruise, cruising there as well. So if you weren't familiar with expedition cruising and any of these interest you, feel free to check into those resources. If you get attacked by a bear or fall off a mountain, always be booked. Claims absolutely zero responsibility. Uh, the reason we get into expedition cruising this week is basically because of a few new developments in the industry that I wanted to share with you guys as well. It seems as the demand for mass market cruising is expanding, like we said before, there is a residual effect on alternative types of cruising. I guess the more popular that uh, you, people hear about cruising, uh, we see more advertisements on TV like we talked about before. What's probably happening is that a lot of people that wouldn't even consider cruising for a vacation are seeing all the ads and stuff like that. And in their mind, they're saying, well, apparently this cruise thing is blowing up. I don't think I'd like it, but... Maybe I'd like this. And they look for their version and their alternative of it. And things like Ultralux, Expedition Cruising, and River Cruising are seeing some of the benefits. So, for example, some things that are going on. Quark, we mentioned Quark Expeditions before. They recently announced that they'll be building a new Expedition Cruise vessel. Uh, They're building it near Portugal, and it's called the World Explorer. Uh, they'll be sailing itineraries in, in Antarctica for the years of uh, 2018 and 2019. That's the season that they'll be cruising in. The World Explorer is said to be the first in a series of four fully equipped, state-of-the-art, 176-passenger expedition cruise ships in an operation that they're calling Project Dolphin. I don't know why it's got this mysterious project name. It sounds like a little bit of a military operation, but it is what it is. See, expedition cruising is an example of a sub-industry that is gaining traction, and the proof is there in that there used to be cruise ships for, I guess, uh, you know, expedition cruising that were commissioned for other things. They were geared towards expeditions, but were smaller, older, perhaps more durable. They were just cruise ships that maybe had seen its better days, and, you know, they're not popular enough to, you know, fill in a luxury standpoint, and, you know, this and that, so they, they can take a little bit of a beating. They're 
they're easily um, embarked and debarked from. But with this project, we're actually seeing the industry going in the direction of new builds for the purpose of expedition cruising. I saw some drawings of some of these, and they look absolutely incredible. They look like floating Humvees, almost like ready for war, but you know, kind of like this black and gray steel looking things and uh, but they look beautiful i mean uh, and uh, guess who's making the engines for these things they have actually had rolls f and royce making the engines for these uh and you might want to call them yachts some people are calling them cruise ships i don't know they kind of live in that whole kind of like uh what are the the uh the little bit of a of gray area where where it's like are they a cruise ship are they are they a yacht you don't really know but whatever it is they're beautiful beautiful vessels it's just a testament to where the industry is going in that they're doing they're building new ships that are specifically geared towards expedition cruising so if that's something that might interest you definitely check into it look into it and see if you like it if you have any information on expedition cruising please email me tommy at alwaysbebooked.com or Share it in the Facebook group, which is the Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge. Let me know your feedback. Thanks again. All right, that's about it for that topic. So let's move into the emails for this week. We always ask for your participation in the show each and every week. When I say we, I have no idea who I'm talking about. It really is just me. I say it by force of habit. No idea. Maybe it's a little ambitious. Maybe one day I foresee a room full of people, a bustling office, might always be booked staff, but not yet. For today and for now and for the foreseeable future, it is just me. And uh, again, if you have a question, if you have a comment, a correction, or anything you want to contribute, we ask of you to contribute by emailing me. I did it again right there. Did you catch that? Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. We need the emails, guys. I know I said a few weeks ago, I think I got a little cocky. I was saying, you know, guys, one day maybe we're going to have a show and it's just going to be just emails. So if I get too many emails, I'll make sure I still read each and every one of them. And if they get to be too overwhelming and if I can't keep up with all the emails, we'll just dedicate a show a week just to emails. And uh, lo and behold, we're kind of struggling for emails now. So uh, I do ask of you, request, please, whatever you want to say, if you want to contribute to the show in any way whatsoever, plus get your name shouted out on the uh, into podcast world, please don't hesitate to email me, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com, or just use the Facebook uh, method. Uh, go to the Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge Facebook group. Please also, like I said, request to join that group. We'll let you in. All right, here we go. First email, Tommy, got a question for you, buddy. On Cruise Critic, how do you choose a good username? I signed up yesterday and chose my first and last name as a username, and after looking at everyone else's, decided it might not be a good idea, especially when hooking up on a roll call where you talk about what you're, where, what you're going to do and where you're going to be. Let me give you an actual example. My wife and I will be going on a cruise to the UK to board the Pacific Princess and cruise around the British Islands. Nice job. Congratulations. That's going to be a great time for you. This will be our first cruise that begins outside the U.S. When Pacific cruise, when Pacific Princess gets to Edinburgh, Scotland, it will be an overnight layover. We are going to spend our time away from the ship downtown in Edinburgh and stay in a hotel near the castle, which is almost fully booked, and now will surely be sold out before the cruise starts. If I start sharing our plans on roll call of where we are going to stay and what we are doing, someone might get enough info to mess with my hotel reservation. 
none of this occurred to me when I set up my username, and I was able to change my username a few in a in a few hours by emailing help at cruisecritic.com. So I no longer have the concern. But did you ever hear of any exploitation on roll call or other interesting stories of people who unwittingly shared too much information on Cruise Critic or other boards? Okay, another question. What's up with those long signature blocks that people use on Cruise Critic when they're posting? They show a list, sometimes a long list, of prior cruises. I guess that's dope. Very good usage of dope. Uh, f- but uh, but for a guy like you, when there's when you've been on like 1,000 cruises, many on the same ship to the same destination, that would be a long signature block. Thanks, Tommy. Bob. Thanks, Bob, for the email. Uh, all right, let's go through things one by one. First, on Cruise Critic. No, I uh, listen. I'll be honest with you. I kind of <laughs> I went on Cruise Critic. I'm in the uh, roll call for my particular sailing, and I think I'm kind of done with Cruise Critic roll calls. A because it's just ah oh, man, it's annoying. You got everything you look into. You check at the end of the day, and it's about okay. We, we just added Jack and Diane to the list, and who's going to do the slot pull, and who's going to do this. What I want from the roll call is information about the ship, information about the ports, people pumping each other up to go on bar cross. I want cruise talk on the roll calls. And all I'm seeing is like just somebody will come, hey, Jan and uh, Frank from uh, such and such city from Arkansas. We're excited. We just booked. Can't wait to join you guys. Okay, next message. Jan in Arkansas, confirmation. Got you on the roll call. Will, be, will you be participating in the slot poll? Honestly, I don't even care if I meet these people or not. I may go to the freaking meet and greet. I may not. I'll tell you one thing right now. I've been on a roll call for every single cruise I've been on. And I'll also tell you this, I haven't been to one meet and greet (laughs) once in a while. I like to have it be a little bit more organic. I like the pre-cruise process to be more of a pump-up session. But that's just a roundabout uh, avenue to, I guess that's a roundabout explanation, and it didn't really answer your question, which is, no, I think the people that are on roll call, including myself, are of the nerdish variety, and I don't think you're really going to have to, I, I don't know, I could be wrong, I guess you can never be too careful, but... I don't know. I have not heard any stories of people kind of terrorizing the roll call groups or anything like that. Uh, But I've noticed that I've gone over to Facebook a little bit more. There seems to be a Facebook group for most cruises that are out there, particular sailings with dates and everything. And with those, I feel like it's a little bit more interactive and you get a little bit more talk about the ship rather than who's showing up to what roll call, what time's the slot pull, uh, who's volunteering for the cabin crawl, this and that. I don't know. And plus, you know, you can kind of go directly to people. You can you can get down in the DM when, you, when you're in the Facebook too. And it's a little bit more uh, appealing to me in that regard overall. Uh, the other question, the signature block. Uh, I don't have a signature block and I certainly haven't been on – a thousand cruises anywhere close to that but i do appreciate your uh you know you, you thinking that i have but i have not whatsoever anyway i hope that answered your question bob i don't think you really have to be any uh, concerned with people getting creepy on the on the cruise critic website but i just don't love the product anymore and uh yeah no I, I agree with you it's a little we get it you've been on a lot of cruises you don't need to tell me that you've spent you know you you've gone on 75 and you're platinum on three different we get it that's fine you seem to know a lot about cruising and we're all very very impressed all right moving on hey tommy the books cruise confidential and the truth about cruise ships are available on audible so we talked about last week about the cruise confidential and the truth uh 
uh, Truth About Cruising, I think, believe her name was um, Andrea. Andrea let us know that there was some uh, good content uh, as far as books on a, a guy who boarded a cruise, an American guy who boarded a cruise ship as a crew member, and he eventually, he, I guess he was uh, not looked at in high regard in the beginning and not accepted by the regular international staff, but eventually was. And uh, I mentioned that I don't really do a lot, whole lot of reading, uh, so Earl is responding to that. The books Cruise Confidential and Truth About Cruise Ships are available on Audible. Audible.com is kind of like a central hub where you can listen to books. They are both entertaining, and I think they are right up your alley. They give you the perspective of what it's like to work on a cruise ship and what happens behind the scenes when they're not working. And I think he also said that he thought Cruise Confidential was the better of the two. Thank you, Earl. I haven't gotten to that yet. As again, I keep meaning to tell you guys my long story about what's going on in my personal life. Mostly good stuff, just a lot of unknown and uncertainty as far as my uh, job status and where I'm going to end up and where I'm going to be. Uh, it seems like, like I said, it's mostly good. It seems like it, while it is conf- confusing and nerve-wracking, the options are there, so I'm trying to figure out where that's going to end up. And because of all that and a lot of traveling I've been doing back and forth up and down the state of Florida, I haven't gotten to it yet. Actually, maybe tomorrow's the day because I do have to drive down to South Florida again, and maybe I'll put that on the old uh, audible.com and I'll listen to Cruise Confidential tomorrow. And I'll definitely, most certainly, let you know how I liked it. Thank you so much for the email, Earl. I appreciate it. All right, moving on. Hi, Tommy. I've been enjoying your podcast, and I included it in a blog post I wrote about cruising podcasts. I thought you might like to take a look. Thanks. And then, uh, well, it's Amy. And then Amy includes the link to the blog. And uh, for purposes of time, I'm not going to read the whole blog, but I will mention the other ones who she mentioned, who she also speaks very highly of and uh, actually gives accolades to. Uh, She mentions the essential cruise tips from Gary Bembridge. Uh, I think that's how you say it, Bembridge, uh, Royal Caribbean blog podcast from Matt Hodgeberg, uh, Cruise Radio with Doug Parker, and also by Doug Parker, River Cruise, Cruise Radio. So she says a bunch of nice things and describes, very descriptive about them. First of all, I want to say thank you, Amy, for including me in that list. of. I mean, that's very, 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 uh, you know, impressive company to be uh, listed with, and I do appreciate that. I'm going to read her review of, or what she said about Always Be Booked, just like I said, for purposes of time, it would take a long time to read everybody's, but I did want to mention everybody's, so we give the, uh, you know, whatever <laughs> promotional pop they might get from this, uh, they, they hear that. So, all right, so it starts out, Always Be Booked is the title, host, Florida resident, and cruise enthusiast, Tommy Casabona. Home on the web. While Always Be Booked doesn't seem to have its own website, Tommy has created a Facebook group where its listeners can interact, and she links it on that text right there. And yes, she's right. The the Facebook group is Always Be Booked Cruisers and Lounge. Main topic. Tommy's podcast is more like an audio blog about cruising than a news or educational resource. He likes to discuss the topics that other writers and social media travel experts don't approach. In one episode, he talks about what it's really like to be a crew member living and working on board a cruise ship. Most noteworthy, Tommy's mannerisms and casual, humorous approach make this, entertain- make this entertaining podcast worth checking out. Then second topic, format episode length. Anything goes. For example, some episodes feature interviews and reviews while others aim to be educational about cruising in general. Skip the seven-minute press conference announcement, which feels like an infomercial for a weight loss product. Episode length ranges from the four-minute drunk on the Oasis to the two-hour 
six-minute Vista versus Escape showdown. Number of episodes as of the date of this blog post, Tommy has 44, about to be 45. All right, here we go. Now, Amy, again, work with me for a second here. I want to say thank you again, and I want to say it's all love, and I do appreciate this no matter what. What I'm about to say makes it sound like. I do appreciate you writing because I know your intentions and I know you were trying to get some publicity out there to some people for some people who are into cruising, for some people who are into cruising as well. Uh, and like a typical, I guess, <clears throat> if you want to call it a creative type of mind or creative type of person uh, with an artistic to- sort of view on life, that's kind of like, I don't know, what is it, left brain, right thing? You have the people who are more into like, uh, details and whatever and then you have more people who are like dreamers and more like artistic or whatever i'm definitely on the other side of it depending on how well you think i do at it is is up for question but it is what it is um if the first thing that stuck out most is she told you to skip the news conference <laughs> ladies and gentlemen i disagree with amy on this do not skip the news conference uh i <laughs> I did a lot into that. I had to freaking purchase. I just had an idea driving home. I'll start off by saying in no way, shape, or form was it meant to be an advertisement for a weight loss product. Uh, my friend Stu does have uh, uh, a, a workout program called Riptism. I believe in it, and I think it's awesome. In no way did I describe what Riptism is when I described what the workout is. What that whole show was is, again, you said it first, Amy. You said I try to go where other cruise experts don't go. So what I try to do is expose some of the attempts at creativity, and that's what that was. I see where you're coming from. I see why you think it might come off as a commercial. But no, it was <clears throat> the commercial thing, I guess, throwing riptism in there was like the afterthought. I was driving, and I just had a, a, a thing. All this Mayweather stuff is going on and the press conferences and the fake news stuff and the Trump stuff and whether you like it or not, or agree, disagree. I just thought that in like such a media-centric world, I thought it would be funny to do some self-deprecating satire about me just being pumped up that I made my final payment for my cruise. And because, like most things, I get this idea in my head, I get elaborate with it. I start purchasing all this stuff off of iTunes, like, you know, sound effects and and B-roll footage and and my poor friends are getting calls from New York from me. I'm telling them they got to do me a favor. You know, stop what you're doing right now, please, and just say these following words. You know, the actors and actress friends, ideally, so they do it with a little bit of a, you know, pop or zinc to it. But I'm having them get involved in this stupid idea that I have. So they're all kind of sending it into me. So I had to organize that. And then, um, you know, I get this Rocky music. So I put that on there. And I just thought it would be funny I tried to be funny about doing a press conference, a mock press conference about, you know, obviously this thing that nobody cares about, me and my pre-cruise weight loss, you know, do like I do on every cruise. You guys have heard me talk about, you know, trying to lose weight before a cruise, and this was just no different from that, but just trying to putting it a little bit more of an entertaining form. And yes, I was also pumped that I made my final payment, and I was also pumped that I'm about to, I'm trying to psych myself up to go on this program, which I'm doing horribly at, not horribly. Uh, I believe I'm supposed to be at 258 today, but I'm still at 260. We're getting there, guys. We're getting there. We're working on it. So in, in no way, shape, or form was it supposed to be just – I just thought like, okay, I, my friend has an exercise program, so let me just throw that in. But yes, I do see how you can think, but I just wanted to make that correction. Also, um, she does also talk about me being more of a uh, – audio blog than a news or an educational resource. 
uh, Amy, I will remind you, with all the respect, <laughs> I do. Uh, I do start the show off with at least three or four or five sometimes news stories. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, you know, you do realize I do include the news. And I do emails at the end of the show. So if anybody has any questions. And the, the brunt of the show is just me trying to give information. Yes, I know I'm quirky. I know I'm out of my mind sometimes. I know I do like wacky uh, stuff that some the stories that I do on cruising where I do that does maybe overshadow a little bit of the information. But I told I kind of came up with it in my mind again in the car. Some of the best ideas come when you just drive and listen to music. Uh, I, I apply the ice method. I try to uh, in uh, ice, uh, inform, connect, and engage on every podcast, and that's what that's what my goal is. That's what I try to do. Uh, so ideally, you know, again, and I have to say, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't throw any jabs at any of the other people that you uh, were showing praise to. But again, I say that. Just kind of in reaction. I again, I, I'm probably coming off a little sensitive right now, and I do get that, and I do apologize for that. But I don't mean to. All I'm trying to do is address a, 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 where I appreciate this blog post so much. But yeah, you, you threw out. You know, I. I I tried to do that press conference. It took way longer than I wanted it to, and I had to address the fact that you told everybody to skip it. So hopefully you don't skip it. Uh, and also, hopefully you do not skip Amy's blog, which is an awesome blog. Check her out. Uh, like I said, it is, uh, what is it? Uh, com, And then you'll see under the subheadings, if you want to find the one that I'm talking about, it's cruising. Uh, dash podcast once again that's www.cruiseenthused.com and that is amy who runs that blog and it's an awesome blog and i think you guys should check it out you guys would love every second of it um and that's about it for the show this week thank you guys so much for listening again itunes rate us rate us me whoever however you want to put it uh just check out always be booked on itunes the same thing with the uh, facebook group which is always be booked cruises lounge and the instagram which is always be booked thank you guys so much for listening we will talk to you next week there's a place where the boat leaves from it takes away i love your big problems you could worries you could drive them in the blue ocean but you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from take one part sand one part sea and one part shade of a nine-on tree And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot And I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Jimmy Don't grab your coat, you won't need it where we are going.